0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm host Rob Harcourt and this episode is Kurt Furstenworth, my co-host, interviewing myself. Hope you enjoy.
1: Well, Mr. Harcourt, uh, I just wanted to start the interview by asking uh, where where are you from? Where did you grow up?
0: Well, originally I'm from beaver lodge alberta i don't think anybody really knew that that's where i was born i think we lived there for a couple of years when i was a kid probably till i was two and then we moved up to manning and uh, uh, dad worked at the uh, local alberta wheat pool as the grain elevator manager and then after that uh, we moved to Hines creek in 1974 and that's you know pretty much where i've been ever since
1: Is that what they think they started the store at that
0: point or was uh no, no. He was still grain uh the buyer for the grain uh elevator, the Elburn wheat pool, probably up until about nineteen seventy-nine-ish. And then they uh they were kind of in the middle of purchasing Dale Hans Link hardware store at the time. And just before the uh the contract was complete or or the purchase was complete, that store burnt down and then they became uh, a part of the home hardware franchise. And it uh, officially opened in October of 81. I do believe that's what is on the sidewalk.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, so you're in Ice Creek now. Where, when did you uh, get the musical bug? Where, was it early, young, young?
0: You know, I, as a young kid, I don't even recall being interested in music until, I don't know, I. I was at a, a new year's Eve dance in Heinz Creek with my mom and dad. And I actually remember seeing Jamie Bettinson playing drums in the, in a band with his, his dad and his uncle. And I thought, Hey, that's pretty cool. And then uh, maybe a year or two later, I remember uh, Dwayne Birkland's band playing there for, for some kind of gig and Vince Gorham was playing drums. And I thought, Hey, that's cool too. And then, uh, I think grade five or grade six. I had this crush on a girl, and she had joined uh, the high school band or the junior high school band, right? They'll do it. And so, I, I I wouldn't really say that I got the bug then. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I probably didn't get the 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 bug to play the drums until one day we were out at my grandmother's place in Beaver Lodge. And I was downstairs, and I saw this drum kit, this old drum kit, like it, it looked like a brown pearl kind of. So, I set it up like I like I knew what I was doing, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I went upstairs and asked my grandmother's, uh, who do, who they belonged to, and she said, Oh, well, those are your uncles." I said, "Do you think he would let me have them?" And she goes, "Well, you'll have to ask him." So I asked my uncle Colin. And uh, he said, yeah, take them home, do whatever. And I think that's where I actually got the music bug.
1: Well, your your folks must have been pretty cool to let you bring drums home. Are they, are they musical, your family musical? Or
0: mm, I think my dad used to play trumpet back when he was in school. I think that's what he, he told me some kind of story a long time ago. But I can't remember.
1: But they let you bring drums home. That's uh... a <laughs> Yeah, well, (laughs) we've got them in our house, but I I don't know a lot of people (laughs) who are okay with the loud noises.
0: Well, I I sure drove my mom crazy, I tell you, because I'd get home off the uh, off the bus, I'd uh, throw my homework down, and I would go downstairs, and we had this old floor uh, stereo. You know, you have the flip up cabinet top, and it had the record player, the radio, and an eight track player, and I remember the you know, the very first record I ever bought with it was a Kiss double platinum album. Thanks. And I would crank that up and I would have my headphones on and I would just basically teach myself how to play the drums.
1: So you never took did you take lessons ever or are you just you self taught?
0: Never took one lesson in my life. I am all self taught.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, well, now, okay. Start with Kiss. Is that what, what's your favorite genre? Is, is is it all rock and roll?
0: It's pretty much rock and roll because from Kiss, I my next album was Van Halen, "Women and Children First. and then uh, believe it or not, um, <laughs> I I bought my my next record was uh, The Village People. Whoops, big mistake, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How do you go from Kiss, Van Halen? To the village people. Needless to say, I didn't play it very much. It's got a good beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the only the only good songs on there were Y M C A and uh, the other one in the Navy. <laughs>
1: in the Navy. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought that was kind of cool because you know the old man used to be in the in the Navy when he was younger.
1: Yeah. So mostly rock and roll. You, you stuck with that most of your life, but you play. I mean, right now you're the country band. Uh, you eventually got a bit of bug, or is it just uh, the the geographical we're very country up here and you ended up being in bands that play country
0: it is mostly because of geographical there's not many places that want to hire a rock band around here right especially for a new year's eve gig but um yeah it's definitely geographical um i don't listen to a lot of country it's it's mostly rock and roll heavy metal anything that's got a driving beat behind it that's what i want to hear in in like in some of the videos that i've uh posted on on facebook i'm playing uh, pat Banatar. uh i did one by uh meatloaf uh, a couple of uh, doobie brothers tunes I like that a lot. and uh i can't remember but yeah it, it's it's got to be a a good driving tune right
1: i've noticed you guys lately have been playing a little like you've got a little Fleetwood back going on in, in the band and, and try and a little more leading a little more rock and roll lately right
0: well yeah we like to play the rock and roll closer to the end of the night you know after everybody's had a few drinks in them you know I used to sing along with uh, April wine there, there might might have been a Harlequin tune <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it most mostly it was Motley Crue
1: you never got yourself a steel cage though to spit around it
0: oh thank goodness no <laughs> I I couldn't imagine okay. myself trying to play Upside Down.
1: No, I can't imagine either. <laughs> would, you consider, would you consider Tommy Lee your idol then with the, with the drum world, or is he the band?
0: Yeah, I would say between uh, him and Alex Van Halen. Mostly Tommy Lee, but I also learned a lot from Alex Van Halen by playing along with uh, that album, uh, Women and Children First.
1: Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Um, And now, like these days, what are you listening to? Is there anything piquing your interest? uh...
0: Well, I I like to listen, like I said, to a lot of it's got to be a good driving beat. So um, older Rat, older Motley Crue, uh, older Van Halen. You know, I I don't mind the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen either. Uh, Def Leppard, yeah, not, not a lot of country. The only country songs I listen to are the ones that we actually have to listen or uh, learn to play. You
1: have to learn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So you said you were you were in band. So, where it was the drums first in band, or did you play other instruments in, in band?
0: Actually, you know, my very first instrument was the clarinet. Believe it or not. Because ah. <laughs> remember I mentioned He's earlier. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I can't read music. And I don't even remember how. But I remember before I had mentioned that uh, I had a crush on this one girl who joined the band. Well, that's what she played, too, was the clarinet. And that's why, you know, I was drawn to the clarinet first. But, uh, no, it's all drums now. (laughs)
1: Well... Maybe we could get it out one of these days, but
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have it anymore. Sold it a long time ago.
1: <laughs> so you were uh, watching those those uh, other fellows playing. What was your first band?
0: My first band was actually with uh, Jim Zwick, Debbie Zwick, and Lauren Zwick. We were called Stardusk.
1: Very, very cool. I I I, I know all those folks, but I never got to see that band. And how long was that? How long did that last?
0: Uh that was a couple of years anyways. I think I was fifteen. And funny story, uh, Jim, actually, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago out at the George Lake Music Festival. Uh, Jim actually went to my mom and dad and asked permission if I could join the band. And they said <laughs> yes. So it's actually their fault that I'm a musician. <laughs>
1: <laughs> were, you, were you able to play in the bars at 15 or were you guys just playing at halls?
0: No, we were just playing in halls. Um, you know, like uh, the old Royce Hall. I I know we played a couple of dances out there. We played out at the Eureka River Hall uh, after they built that new one out there.
1: Do you remember your first gig?
0: I don't remember the very first gig, but I think it was out at the Royce Hall. I think it was for the – they used to have softball tournaments out there, and I think we were the entertainment that night.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I spent some time out there, so I might have been a, a few of those. <laughs> so Possible. Be, uh, so then, after that, what's the path after after Stardust? What what, what happened next?
0: Um, well, I, I basically uh, took a bunch of time off, and when I turned eighteen, you know, old enough to get into the bar, um, I started going to the New Grand Hotel in Fairview here. And they would have jam sessions on Saturday afternoons from, I think, 1 till 3. And, you know, they would allow you to get up and jam with the bands that were playing at, at that time. You know, they'd play from Monday to Saturday. And I remember I actually was able to get up on stage a few times, like during the Friday night or Saturday night ses- sessions with a couple of these bands and, and play a couple of tunes, which was really eye-opening, right? <laughs> playing in bar mm-hmm. you know it's a lot louder and you got to hit everything harder and I remember after you remember Gary Lee and showdown yes they had that big hit with the rodeo song um, they yeah. <laughs> a, few, a few years after that they were playing in in the new grand and I went in Saturday afternoon and jammed with them and, you know, I was kind of depressed because I wanted to go on the road. I wanted to join a band and be a professional musician. But uh, I was kind of getting disappointed because there, there wasn't much around here. Um, so after I've, I was done jamming with him, uh, we sat down and we chatted for a little while. And I asked him, I said, do you know anybody who wants to buy a set of drums? Because, I'm, I'm you know, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm, I'm done. Right? He goes, well, just hang on. Don't, don't be so quick to hang up uh, the drumsticks. He says, I might know somebody who's looking for a drummer. I can't remember the name of that band, but they were out of Rycroft, and the lead guitar player and lead singer's name was Augie Holmes. And the bass player, yeah, the bass player for Augie was actually Gary Lee's old drummer, uh, Dean Workin, and they were looking for a drummer. So, and that was my first road band i wish i could remember the name of it you know i'm so old i can't remember but uh yeah we traveled across uh you know around the peace country and playing in bars from uh, fort saint john um because back then uh, you had to be at least 19 to play in a fort saint or in a in a bar in bc anywhere so during the breaks i had to leave but you had to I, go out I, I had to leave the bar during the breaks but i was allowed to come back in when we were playing <laughs> Which nowadays you probably you probably wouldn't be able to do nowadays.
1: Probably not. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's basically how I got my uh, my first actual bar band gig was through Gary Lee and Showdown. Very very cool. Yeah.
1: And then he just continued on. How how many bands uh, have you been in in total?
0: Oh goodness, uh, seven maybe total seven. Uh, there was stardust watch. and then the, the band that I was just talking about and then there's a band called Stagecoach which that's how I I got into this band too uh, they were playing in town here uh, and the jam session Saturday afternoon uh, the drummer that they had his name was Joe and he, he wanted to stop playing he wanted to get off the road so basically the jam session was my audition and they liked it and they said can you move to moose show I'm like, what <laughs> You want me to move where? (laughs) Moose Jaw. So that's where the band was based out of, right? Ivan Bordeaux, the lead guitar player, he was the leader of the band. He was from Hamilton, Ontario. And uh, there was a bass player named Larry Carrier. He was from Montreal, Quebec. And uh, there was a a female lead singer named Shana Reed, and she was from Moose Jaw. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go home and pack a bag, and I'll leave with you. (laughs) So basically, that's what happened, and that's how I became a professional musician and got on the road.
1: So that stagecoach goes, goes on for how long?
0: Um, that actually went on for a couple of years, and then we we were kind of kind of wanting to call it quits, but not really. So we interjected a new element to the band, and his name was Jesse Smith. And he was an Elvis Presley impersonator, uh, in a show in Regina called Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. And he played, uh, the middle-aged Elvis Presley in this stage show. So we took a couple months off, um, and learned a whole bunch of Elvis Presley songs and he had the outfits like the gold lamé jacket, the jumpsuits with the capes and everything like this man lived like he was Elvis Presley and it was a phenomenal show. We did a cross Canada tour, uh, and we were called the Cactus Cats for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, we started our tour up in Yellowknife at a bar called the Gold Range, and luckily enough, we got stuck up there for four weeks because we took the ferry across the Mackenzie River at the time before they had any bridges built, and then you got stuck up there during freeze up until they had the ice road bridge made. Wow. And I swear, I swear our agent didn't like us because after <laughs> we were done in uh, Yellowknife, we had to drive down all the way across Alberta and up to Fort McMurray. We were there for a week and a half. And then from Fort McMurray, we had to drive down all the way over up into Prince Albert in Saskatchewan. Y- you see what's going on here, A W, big W? Yes, you do it. Yeah. So, and then from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, all the way down from there, over up through the Paw to Thompson, Manitoba. Yeah, and that's a long drive. So, then, <laughs> and then after that, Thompson, Manitoba, we drove all the way to Marathon, Ontario. That was a long drive itself. So, we played a week there. And then we spent the next 36 hours driving from Marathon, Ontario to Moncton, New Brunswick.
1: No way. Yeah. 36 hours.
0: That was, <laughs> that was crazy. A lot of caffeine pills to make that trip. I tell you. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we played, uh, where did we play? We played in Moncton at the urban corral and then it had a sister, uh, bar urban corral in, uh, St. John. And then we played two smaller towns called Chatham and Shippigan in uh, New Brunswick. So, okay, that's, I can't even remember what the question was. How many bands was I in? <laughs>
1: uh, oh, well, you're, you're, on, you're only on band uh, three, I think, right? <laughs> holy crap.
0: Okay, so, yeah, um, while we were out in New Brunswick, uh, Elvis, uh, Jesse uh, developed pneumonia, so he was kind of passing out on stage a little bit when he was uh, pushing too hard vocally. So we took some time off and they went back to Moose Jaw to get him all fixed up. And then in the meantime, I stayed in in Moncton for probably about six months. And I got to uh, see some American bands come up to this bar, the Urban Corral, a phenomenal talent over there. And then I auditioned for an old old feller. Guy named Jimmy Dooley, and he said he used to sing in the Platters back in the back in the fifties or whatever. So I auditioned for him, played for him for a little while. Then uh, Ivan phoned up again, said, "Yeah, we're starting up. Uh, meet us in in uh, where was it? Winnipeg." So I, I drove all the way back to Winnipeg, met them. We played at the Downs Motor Inn, and then uh, came back to Moose Jaw, and that that kind of fizzled out. So then I moved back here probably in early 90. And then the band after that was uh, Mountain Dew with Greg and George Longard and Jackie Bean. It's
1: the band I remember most. But yeah. yeah.
0: And it's then good. that band ended probably after 10 years, nine, 10 years, something like that. They, uh, Greg and Jamie and Brent started another band called One Way Rider and Corey. Cory was the first drummer in that band, and then he quit because he wanted to go on the road. So then they called me up, and then I was in One Way Rider, and we played for about 10 years. And uh, then that one fizzled out, and after about, I don't know, eight or nine years, we got back together, and we decided that we wanted to have a female lead singer, so we called Tracy up, we hired her, and now we're big guitar.
1: Big guitar? Yeah. <laughs> Kicking butt all around the area. I know know. that's very, very cool. I had no idea you uh, traveled so much. You you saw Canada, basically, eh? made your way back and forth.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Traveled it twice, once there and once back.
1: (laughs) So uh, speaking of that, do you you have a favorite memory of of, of the whole journey so far? Which band would that have been with?
0: Well, it was with Cactus Cats. It was on the way down there. We were going through Quebec. And this highway was probably four or five lanes wide. And I'm following Ivan in in a, in a car. He's in the, in the front in a van with all the equipment. And it's getting dark out. And next thing I know, he's going across all the lanes to get to this this toll bridge that we had to cross. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and, and people are honking at me. And I'm like, yeah, look at the license plate, buddy. I'm not from here. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, thinking back, uh, it just makes me laugh.
1: <laughs> Cutting across. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How about it? Was there a favorite venue, or you know, I know, like I, you know, love the uh, stuff like the the Grand, because because grew up watching bands and wanted to go there. But do you have a favorite venue that you over the years that you loved?
0: Uh, my favorite place to play was, yeah, it was probably the Grand because uh, it, it's it's. Uh, it was the most lively place at the time back in the, in the late 90s early 2000s loved it
1: yeah that's where i was hanging out there and you guys were were rocking it <laughs>
0: we we're
1: dancing I hope it's ba- it comes back that way because they, they have fixed it up i hope we could get in there again i hope
0: sure. so too you know get rid of all this pandemic crap let's let's get it yeah. cleaned up and get back to playing
1: so we have a big guitar now you know you uh you, you're you're drum with them you, you uh, are You guys doing anything original? Are you just uh, um, doing, doing the the covers, you know?
0: Well, back in two thousand seventeen, uh, Jamie came to the rest of us with a couple of songs that him and his dad wrote way back in the day, and um, we ended up recording two of those songs for uh, Mickey's birthday that that year, and they turned out really good. Uh, we we did, we did the recording uh, at Chris McIntyre's studio in Grand Prairie there at CDM Audio, and right. yeah, they turned out really good. I, I'm still playing. Yeah. I'm still playing the CD in my truck now.
1: Oh well, you should be releasing that to the public in my mind. but
0: Well, you'd have to ask the guy who actually wrote that or co-wrote yeah, sure it, Jamie. Did. Right? You'd have to ask yeah. for his permission.
1: <laughs> oh, very very cool. Well. uh, How we asked that question that I had trouble with yesterday. Uh, uh, What's somebody, what's something that nobody else knows about you?
0: Oh my God. You know, I, I was thinking all day about this and (laughs) not a lot of people know that I'm balder than a cue ball. So yeah. (laughs) Underneath this, this handsome or hat is, is a cue ball. (laughs) ball. (laughs) I I, I am bald. Not a lot of people, you know, like I said, I'll take the hat off and like, Oh my God, you're bald. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> yes, because I wear a hat everywhere.
1: I'm the same. I got some hair under here, but I, 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 if you catch me without a hat, you're, you're, uh, you're lucky. You're, you're, it's a rare day. <laughs> I definitely uh, always have one on. But uh, no, that's very, very cool. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking of some questions. Uh, you know. Uh, One one thing I I thought about was uh, what advice you'd give to a musician starting out or, or, you know, sometimes I think you should say just just don't get into it at all. But uh, would you have any advice that you would give to a starting musician?
0: Uh, Practice. Practice, practice, practice. If you want to be good, practice no matter what uh, instrument you're playing, whether it be drums, bass, guitar, lead guitar, uh, violin, harmonica, practice 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 i can't stress that enough um and practice throughout every genre of music you can think of right because you will pick up uh certain uh quirks from say rock and roll you'll get uh, certain bits from country uh you know if you don't like jazz you don't have to worry about jazz
1: right. <laughs>
0: but practice throughout a lot of genres don't just focus on one because you'll learn from each each genre of music, and and that'll make you more of a complete uh, musician, I think.
1: Do you think it's changing in the in the way up here that that there will be a time when when a rock band could uh, could, could could play a whole weekend or, or be hired a little more often? Uh,
0: in the bars, no, because like uh, like we discussed earlier, uh, geographic, the closest place for a rock band to play maybe Peace River or Grand Prairie. But in our, our right. smaller north Peace area, probably not. If you if you want to play in a rock and roll band, you gotta to move to Edmonton or 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 like even Grand Prairie's becoming a, a, a really big hub for for rock bands and, and pop, right. yeah, and pop I'm starting to notice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I have one more question out of out of curiosity. When did you uh, switch to the electronic kit and and what do you what do you have to say about it?
0: Well, uh, I switched to the electronic kit when uh, we were back in One Way Rider. Uh, we were playing a lot of small venues. Acoustic drums are very loud. You yeah. can't can't control the volume very good with those. So I, I bought a, an inexpensive Roland drum kit. But yeah, I played those for probably 10, 12 years. And uh, now I've purchased a brand new electronic kit. I've only played those twice live it's uh the elisa oh. the elisa strike pro they're they're just phenomenal for the sounds that they have because they're easier to control on stage
1: too i uh then I mean, he just from our own experience jill had a, a role in td12 and uh, uh we we she loved him but uh, i remember uh, it was a little bit of you know getting the sound guys to buy in because they didn't, you know, there was this idea that they weren't as good, and then you plug them in, and, and, and they sounded as good, and way more control, right? It was just neat to see the change. But yeah, you
0: know,
1: the technology is amazing, right? The yeah, hit them harder, they're louder. Grab them, they stop, right? It's pretty amazing.
0: Exactly. I mean, if if you're going to be a professional musician, musician and play on the road in bars, uh, acoustic is the way to go. You think so, still? Oh yeah, uh, but I mean, you, you know, like the smaller venues that we play, like say, Berwyn or Grimshaw or Odet Hines Creek, the electric kit is the the better, I think. Uh, yeah, know I know in Highland.
1: We've had tons of trouble with with uh, trying to put drums in that place, but uh, it's high ceilings, and small space. But okay, well, I mean, I'm at the end of my questions, and uh, yeah, no, that was a uh, that was really enjoyable. I didn't know a lot of things there, so that's great to great to hear that.
0: Well, hopefully, it's intriguing and hopefully, I've answered some questions for everybody. So, I know we've only got about 30 seconds left. So,
1: that's why I was kind of watching my time. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I want to say that I think you're one of the finest drummers I've seen play live. I've, I'd, I'd love to actually jam with you again sometime. So, we'll have to set that up someday.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it, Curtin. Yeah, we, we should jam when we're allowed to get back together.
1: And I do appreciate uh, even this idea. And seeing you know, some feedback from people, I think uh, people are really uh, craving this uh, content. And it, it was, you're a your good idea. So,
0: right on. Uh, I appreciate that too. On- That's it for another episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt, and join me next time when we interview another amazing musician from the peace country. Thank you, and bye for now.